Welcome to the Kumbaya Podcast, the whole woman's resource, where we uncover the amazing resources available to help you on your holistic health journey and hopefully help you prevent issues before they arise. Welcome back to the Kumbaya Podcast, the whole woman's resource. I am thrilled to have Dr. Liliana Warner here with me today. She is going to discuss the type of chiropractic care that she provides as well as shed some light on a very important or really interesting concept that is super important for our overall health. So I'm going to start with her bio. Dr. Liliana Werner is a doctor of chiropractic, wellness educator, and owner of Lotus of Life Chiropractic in Decatur, Georgia. She has an undergraduate degree in psychology from James Madison University in Virginia, and a Doctor of Chiropractic degree from Life University in Atlanta, Georgia. Dr. Liliana's practice focuses on family, pediatric, and pregnancy care because she was able to see firsthand how much of a difference it makes when started at an early age. She is passionate about helping her patients harness their body's internal healing power so they can enjoy health and wellness. She is certified in the Webster technique, which is used during pregnancy to help patients have uh, smoother delivery and has extensive training on biogeometric integration. I love the synergy between chiropractic care and physical therapy. Although we work on slightly, you know, things in a slightly different way, we work really well together to help patients achieve optimal health. So thank you for being here, Dr. Liliana. I really appreciate your time and willingness to chat with me today. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. I'm excited. Excellent. So how would you describe chiropractic care to someone who hasn't ever seen one or been to one before? Sure. So chiropractic care, um, and I think we'll probably hit on a little more of this in a minute, but uh, chiropractic care is really about the well-being of the person as a whole, right, overall. So there's kind of this misconception that it's just about the spine or about pain, but it's really not. It's really about function, and it's about function from a physical perspective on the outside, as in our joints, muscles, ligaments, tendons, all that stuff working correctly, but also just about function on the inside and about our being overall. Yeah. And so where, you know, people often think that they have to be in pain to go to a chiropractor, I would actually say that that's the last resort time you should see us, not the reason you're coming in. And really, so to someone who's never been to a chiropractor, I would invite you to check it out. And because it, it really is about helping you thrive in your life, in your body and your health, body, mind, spirit, kind of across the board. Um, there's a great old chiropractic quote about that chiropractic is really about uniting man, the physical with man, the spiritual. And I just love that so much because it yeah. really says volumes about our bigger goal and about the fact that it's not just about mechanics in the spine. Yes. I love that because really both are housed in this body that we have. And yeah. even if we can't see it, the energy that's there, all the magic, oh, that's incredible. And that really <laughs> speaks to me as far as how I run my practice as well, right? We're not just trying to get out of pain. We're not just trying to get 
you know, maybe avoid disease or get past the bare minimum is really thrive. It's feel good in our body, be our optimal self and optimal functioning. So that is amazing. <laughs> I like to say not just surviving, but thriving. Right. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. So now let's get into that big word I said before, what biogeometric integration. Can you um, talk to us about that and how is that different from other forms of chiropractic care? Yeah, sure. So there are over 200 techniques in chiropractic. So just like in medicine or physical therapy, the people subspecialize and they have particular techniques they like, etc. So mm -hmm. it's the same in chiropractic. So everywhere you go, whatever clinic you go to, the experience could be very different than the person down the street, right? Um, it all works because it's the body is the body is the body, right? And so it all works, which is beautiful. And I think it's really important for people to find a practice that they connect to, right? And so biogeometric integration specifically is looking beyond the spine at the body as a whole, not just in concept, but in application as well. So traditionally in chiropractic, we look at the spine, as most people kind of have heard or think about it as. Um, and in BGI or biogeometric integration, we're looking again at how everything affects the, that function. So whereas traditionally we're looking at exactly where the spine is aligned and how to correct that spinal alignment from the spine itself sourced at the spine, hence being related to spines as chiropractors, um, BGI allows us to uh, a clinical application to open that conversation to the whole body. So mm. then we can really look at like how, if the spine is misaligned even, right, which is still our focus, where is that tension actually coming from, right? And so it might be coming from tissues around the spine and it might actually be coming from somewhere totally seemingly unrelated, right? Mm. And so oftentimes in chiropractic, we you know, adjust the upper neck and expect to see change in the pelvis, but it's an assumption. And in BGI, we are, it is an assumption traditionally that that will happen because there's some sort of connection, right? But in BGI, we're very deliberately um, addressing that from a uh, neurological, biomechanical, et cetera, perspective to really help reconnect the body to its innate ability to connect through the hole yeah. so that then when we're adjusting say the upper neck we know exactly how that's going to translate through to the pelvis for example yeah. right or vice versa mm -hmm. so instead of it being just a um which again like we said still works but you know how deliberate can we be about how that connection is happening yeah. And for me, why I love biogeometric integration is because it really gives us the clinical application to make that a real thing um, instead of just relying on the fact that we know the body's all connected and hopefully this will affect this. Yeah, right. And, yeah. and right, because I think when I first started learning about chiropractic care, it was very much, okay, we look at the spine and we know that nerves that exit here go to these organs, you can very easily study the end point of that nerve. And so you can say, okay, I can affect these organs and the functioning of that body based on where the nerve is coming from. But it was very much just that, not simple, but you're right, just that kind of, okay, here's the, the one end of the nerve, where's at the other end of the nerve? 
So how, was this something that came about recently or when did BGI become, like when did it come into being? Yeah, so it's been developing slowly over the years, but really since about the early 90s, I think. Oh, cool. yeah. um, so it's been around for a while um, in different forms. Uh, and so, for example, um, I've been studying BGI since like 2004 or five, somewhere in there. Yeah. Um, and it had already been around a decade or more at that point. So. Right. Um, yeah, so it's been around for a while. And really, you know, a lot of what brought BGI to the, what we now call BGI to the surface is the study of tensegrity. Yeah. So, and so that's really key. And as that science evolved, we were able to see how that extrapolates out into chiropractic. Yes. So let that perfect segue, let's dive into that um, tensegrity. What is that in the human body? And why should people care about this concept? Mm, it's awesome. We should <laughs> totally care about it. I know. Okay. So <laughs> nerd out. Okay. So yeah. tensegrity is a mashup of the words tension and integrity, right? Tensegrity. And so if you just think about that phrase, tension and integrity, right? pretty much defines our being, right? So the only reason we can stand and move and um, function is because we have this natural tensional integrity within our system, right? If we didn't have this interconnected tension just preset in our system, we would just be like a puddle of mush and bones, right? Mm -hmm. That tensegrity is what allows us to be upright, what allows us to move in space, what allows our bodies to be so dynamic. And we actually know that there's tensegrity relationships, not just on a like macroscopic global body perspective, but all the way down to a microscopic level, like in the cells and DNA. Mm -hmm. And so we truly are a tensegrity network from inside out. Wow. And so why that matters to me then, um, or to you, <laughs> right, is because we're in BGI and biogeometric integration specifically, and presumably in the work you do and any other body worker does really, is that we're working with, we're working directly with that tensegrity, right? And how purposefully we do that is up to the practitioner, right? In BGI, we are very purposefully working with that tensional relationship within the system. Mm -hmm. So that, and that's part of how we can know how adjusting up here will extrapolate down through the body and affect, say, the sacrum, right? Or the mm -hmm. pelvis or the ankle or whatever else, or vice versa, right? Mm -hmm. And so tensegrity follows really particular pathways in the body, depending on where you're looking. Um, there have been some great there's been some great research done out there about those different pathways, whether it's through fascia or through um, intracellular connection. And so just depending on kind of what, how small you want to go in the body, you can find all sorts of research on that. Um, two of my favorites for those of you who want some resources, um, anatomy trains is a beautiful, it's a one beautiful example kind of of pictorial views of some tensegrity um, through the fascia. Um, that's a book you can 
check out. And then um, there's an awesome article called The Architecture of Life, which is looking at tensegrity on a microscopic level it's for anyone who wants to go a little deeper, if you will. Um, those are both excellent references to get an idea more about that. But essentially why we care about this as an everyday human being is because it is literally affecting you all the time in everything you do. So when we, you know, if you like stub your toe and you feel that, you know, like if you really stub it, right? And then you feel that reverberate all the way up into, and you're like, oh God, I feel that all the way up in my neck, you know? That's because of integrity. That's because of that inner connection, right? Or if you get a chiropractic adjustment or go to the physical therapist or get a massage and somebody says like, you're in there for one area and they're like, well, actually, I feel this muscle tracing all the way down here and then it goes here and then it goes here. And they're talking about a whole different body part than you came in for. That's because of integrity, right? And so truly everything about the way we're connected and function and therefore heal and thrive is based in integrity. Yes, absolutely. And so how does that affect how you approach chiropractic care? Or have you kind of, yeah. Yeah, so traditionally we're adjusting, um, so an adjustment for those of you who aren't familiar is what we're doing, right? That's the actual, like what a chiropractor is doing to correct what's going on. Um, and so a subluxation is the technical term for what we're adjusting, right? So typically and traditionally in chiropractic, we'd say that's a bone out of place affecting a nerve. That's what you were hinting at earlier right. about that nerve being affected. And that's what we're looking at. We're putting the bone back in place to take the pressure off the nerve. And when we take a bigger picture view from say a BGI lens, then what we're looking at is we're figuring out where in the tensegrity, not just at the spine, but anywhere in the tensegrity of the body, that tension is being stored and therefore could be affecting other structures. So that might be tensegrity out in this musculature that's pulling on the neck. And so we could adjust to the neck all day. If we don't address the tensional relationship out here, that's going to just need to be constantly adjusted. Right. And so we're really extrapolating out to the whole then in BGI. So we're not just adjusting in the spine, though that's wonderful and works as well. We're just taking that a step further by adding this piece of addressing subluxations through adjustments in the soft tissue. So specifically in through kind of like the muscle tone and then the ligamentous tendon fascia tone. So we're addressing in different um, levels of the body, which also uh, lightens up the adjustment a lot. So oftentimes people are have heard like that adjustments are really dramatic or have seen videos of adjustments and they look really dramatic, but it doesn't have to be that way. Those are just that particular technique or that particular practitioner's approach. Mm -hmm. um, so the adjustments we do at our office, for example, sometimes they have manual adjustments and sometimes they don't. And sometimes it's all soft tissue approach. Sometimes it feels like we're barely doing anything and then you feel really different. It just depends on what's going on in the person's body that day. Mm -hmm. And the reason that's how that's different is because, or why that's different is because we are addressing those different tissue types and where that tension is actually living in the tensegrity. Great. So if someone, a chiropractor trains in, in BGI, are you actually learning 
more techniques, different techniques than just, you know, from grad school? Or is it this like tool, like wheelhouse yeah. you already have, but it really helps you see the connections better and help you know when to get to go away from the spine? That one. Yeah. Okay. yeah. So we learn, um, and dep it depends on the school. So like where I went to school, we learn a lot of techniques. Some schools only learn one or two. It just depends on the school. Gotcha. Um, I chose the school because I knew that they taught lots of techniques and I wanted to have lots of tools. Right. And so that was just, that's just my choice. And then you, most doctors of chiropractic take lots of continuing ed to learn more techniques, right? Mm -hmm. And so obviously we have our yearly continuing ed we're doing, but most chiropractors are taking lots above that because there's there are lots of techniques out there, right? And we're always kind of adding to that tool bag like you are. And so um, BGI is one of those things that people often choose to learn like after grad school, right? Um, after they already have their doctorate, though it is taught at several chiropractic schools as well, um, which is pretty exciting. That's just happened in the last few years, which I love because um, it's great to give new doctors that information right out the door instead of them having to get it after they've been in practice however long. So that's beautiful. But um, I forgot what your original question was there. Um. I forgot to. Oh, uh, yeah, no, I think you answered oh, yeah. it. You answered it. It's like, okay, did you already have that knowledge or do, but yeah, it's kind of both even. I mean, you do learn some new stuff, but um, it's, uh, it's teaching you how to use what you've already kind of learned and just making sure you know the connections in the body. Yeah. It's really um, teaching about tensegrity and how that is applied in chiropractic. And then how do you utilize your particular techniques, what they, whatever they are in that model. Right. Yeah. So I guess my next thought is, um, I'm just curious because I know, and we'll back up. I think it's interesting just what you said as far as like, oh, we have to, we learn extra techniques outside and, but with BGI, but now some BGI is being taught in school. I feel like that's the whole pelvic physical therapy realm, you know, like our subset, because when I went to grad school, we got very little pelvic anatomy, nothing, right? And so you really had to do it all in postgraduate training. And so now I think there's a lot more just in the basic, you know, graduate program, which is amazing. But uh, yeah, there's still so much more to know and to learn. And we have to take classes after, after the fact. Um, so two questions, I guess, come up. So one, what can people do to apply this concept to improve their health? And also, I'm just curious, what kind of, is there something that you see all the time where it's like, okay, your neck is going to come pair with your foot or, uh, you know, just something simple that you really mm -hmm. will see if someone comes in and says, yeah, the outside of my knee is hurting, then you know to check the opposite shoulder or something like that. I don't know if, if there's anything that come to mind, comes to mind. Yeah. Yeah. Great question. Okay. So, um, using tensegrity in your real life, right. In daily life is the first part of that. So I would say that probably the most important thing about this for the layperson, right? Someone who's mm -hmm. not working with bodies um, as a profession, right? Mm -hmm. Is to remember this in your daily life in the sense that it is affecting you whether you pay attention to it or not, right? And so that means that, um, like, let's say you 
have been sitting at your desk for four hours and you get up and you're like, oh, I'm all, you know, like I'm all stiff and you feel it here. But to remember that you're a fully connected being and that that actually is just where it's manifesting on the surface. That's just where your body's giving you the red flag. It may not be where the problem is, right? Because yeah. everything's actually connected. And so learning to, you know, move and like listen to your body better really helps you tap into how to move through those tensegrity patterns on your own in life to, um, to better dissipate tension in your everyday. So, you know, I always tell people breath is a great way to access that. So if you can stop and just breathe, like that really does a lot for your body awareness and calming tissue and helping things settle where they actually are instead of where they like appear to be. And so I think that's a really beautiful use of that. Um, we don't do that enough. We don't breathe enough. I I (laughs) help all my patients to do that, but yeah, yeah, we really just don't breathe enough. And it's so So, simple. It's like, yeah, you don't even have to think about it. It's literally on autopilot that, you know, you're not going to stop, you know, but Really, yeah, we have to tap into it more and do it intentionally, absolutely, and deeply. (laughs) Yes, agreed. And it really does because breath is so beautiful for tapping into your own tensegrity and shifting that because it breath recruits so many regions, right? So it recruits like your lung field, it recruits your diaphragm, it recruits abdominal muscles that are support muscles for breathing. It recruits, I mean, really your whole system breathes. Yeah. Everything breathes. And so taking a big breath actually does help you tune back in and process tensions that are happening in your body. And you know, so I think that's probably the most useful way somebody can bring this into their everyday life. Um, and you know, if you're comfortable or not comfortable, maybe this is even more reason to do this, um, is to get up and just move in your body. Right. And so it's okay. Nobody's looking, just move. You're gonna look silly. You're going to feel silly. And intuitively, if you feel like you need to move in that way, you probably do. And, you know, there's a reason when you've been sitting for hours that you want to, you want to like stretch or, you know, after you watch a movie, you, you get up and you're like, Oh, I got it. You know, that's that tension trying to reestablish its own integrity. Right. Mm -hmm. So don't stop that. Listen to that and allow your body to the grace of that movement. Really, truly. Right. Yeah. So, um, First part, that's your first part. <laughs> and then your second question there, remind me, I forgot. <laughs> oh, if, are there just any, like some, not similarities, but the, I mean, I know there's a lot of connections that you see. So if someone says, oh, yeah. okay, yeah, their knee is hurting. Do you say, okay, well massage your neck or sit up straighter or something? You know? Yeah. So there definitely are, there are a couple that seem to be pretty common trends. So the things I see show up the most um, would be that when all of our dual joints seem to be related often, these are not always, but often, right? So often when somebody has jaw pain, Mm -hmm. they often have something going on in their shoulders or hips, 
right? So like, dual means that you like, have one on each side. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And, or they have hip stuff and then they'll also tell me they're finding themselves clenching all of a sudden. Right. And a lot of this has to do with these like fascial lines that run through the core of our system. And so like if our pelvis is off and we're holding ourselves funny and that's like the foundation of our house, right? Then everything above it is off and then comes up and locks in. And then suddenly we're gripping and we don't know why, right? Yeah. Well, it's not, there's no jaw problem. There's a hip problem, right? Mm -hmm. Or vice versa, right? Because it's all connected. So definitely we see a lot through those like double joints. Mm -hmm. um, and it's, again, it's really a tensegrity issue. It's a full system issue, but that's where they tend to lock up like um, symptomatology wise, right? Mm -hmm. um, Another big one I see is that connection between like QL and psoas. Mm -hmm. So low back and abdominal muscles. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and that's a lot has of that has to do with our, the, just the, you know, balance of muscles, you know, front and back of the body, but it also is a tensegrity thing. And it has a lot to do with how it affects the spine. Right. And so how it supports the spine in the back and how the psoas reaches from the spine into the pelvis. And this really creates this intricate interrelationship, mm -hmm. which again is what tensegrity is all about. And so oftentimes people are like, I have low back pain. And I'm like, it's, it's your abs, right? It's really coming from this abdominal muscle called your psoas. And so and I hesitate even calling it abdominal muscle, but it's, yeah. it's really affecting the whole system, but totally. you know, that's where we access it. Um, and, and, you know, psoas is such an interesting muscle because it's deep in there and it affects the spine and the pelvis and the legs and what's above because of its connections to other things. And so often people have you know, neck pain and then I'm adjusting their psoas or they have knee pain and I'm adjusting their psoas. And so the core is so, so important for this tensegrity issue as a bigger thing, um, which is why I work with PTs, especially pelvic floor PTs so much because we don't access that ever in our lives really, right? Mm -hmm. Or if we do, it's just in a work it out and strain it all the time way. Yes. So it's so crucial for that that core tensegrity to, to actually have its integrity mm -hmm. for the whole tensegrity to work and function properly. Yeah. And so, you know, often I'm going to adjust someone's neck and I'm like, oh, hold on we got to do some stuff down low first and then yeah. we come back and then that's easy, right? Mm -hmm. Because now it's connected because it doesn't have this stuff from lower down, like pulling up through those fascial ligaments, yeah. et cetera, sheets. And so definitely I would say a lot of core stuff kind of connected to everything, honestly. Yeah. Um, and then um, definitely that dual thing. And then the other one I see a lot of is with this uh, tensional patterns running through sartorius. Mm -hmm. 
which is a muscle in the uh, much ignored muscle in the uh, upper leg, right? So for those of you who don't know anatomy, this is running basically from like your uh, outer hip to your inner knee and crosses both of those joints, hip and knee. So it really can affect the leg biomechanically and the hip biomechanically. But I see all sorts of things higher and lower that are often really kind of a hiccup, a subluxation issue in the that sartorius connection through the tensegrity. Yeah. And when we look at that, that often, because of its spiraling nature mm -hmm. from the hip around the knee, can really affect that biotensegrity a lot. Yeah. And so I'll see like upper body stuff that I'll trace down and is really locked in all the way down below the knee where that sartorius inserts yeah. or foot stuff that's really coming from the rotation through that all the way up at the hip, right? Mm -hmm. And so that's another one I just love because mm -hmm. it affects so much and it's such a, has a, such a global effect. Yes, excellent. Um, so do you have, and that's amazing. I, I absolutely love this. Um, do you have any other thoughts you wanted to share? Anything that we didn't touch on yet that you can, that I, something you didn't ask about or any other like kind of closing thoughts that you can think of? I don't think so. I think <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think we hit all the highlights. Yeah, I, this is just amazing. I absolutely, I love those, those examples because it, it, already in my mind, I'm like, oh, I'm going to check Sartorius more and <laughs> you know, kind of trace that up. I know exactly what you're talking about. And, um, and I do see that as well. I mean, in my practice with pelvic health, it's you know, we know orifices are connected to TMJ, goes a lot with pelvic floor issues. And I absolutely agree with you about the psoas is just, I've heard it compared to a filet mignon. It's like that type of, it's really not like meat. It's not, it's more of, um, what's the word? Um, like, it's like a mediator, right? It's really like the conduit from your nervous system to your body. And so I've really gotten away in my practice from stretching it or I massage it a teeny, teeny bit, but it's really, really more the iliacus part, but um, it's really more getting into the position to relax your nervous system. I think I even did a blog post on this. So um, yeah, that, that so is, I think so many people benefit from down training their nervous system, which in this 90, 90 position actually also releases the psoas and it, that just helps so much too. I think one other thing, as you're saying, that just made me think of this is that there's a lot of research about the psoas holding emotion. You know, we know yeah. that the physiology holds emotion. Absolutely. Right. And that could be a whole podcast on its own. <laughs> mm -hmm. And so, but psoas is one they've done a lot of research on for that. And we know that the tensegrity, the fascia, and that biotensegrity also holds emotion. Yes. And so that, that those two would be so crossed just mm -hmm. makes perfect sense. Absolutely. Oh, thank you so, so much. I am so excited uh, to learn all this and to share this with everyone. This has been amazing. So where can people find you online or how could they work with you? Yeah, so they can find us at lotusoflifechiropractic.com is our website. Um, and we are in Decatur, Georgia. So if you're local or anywhere nearby, um, you can call our office and the number is 404-377-7743. 
and it's on the website, obviously. Uh, and you can call us directly. We have free classes. We see patients for both BGI chiropractic. We also have a nutrition testing in our office. We have all sorts of good stuff to offer. So yeah, come look us up. Let us know how we can support. Excellent. Well, I can't thank you enough. I know you're, you take care of my family and my body and I really appreciate it. And I just appreciate your time and your knowledge and sharing your wisdom with all my listeners. So thank you again. Awesome. Well, thanks again and my honor. <laughs> take care. Do you ever wish that you could learn the essentials of pelvic health from an experienced pelvic floor physical therapist at a fraction of the cost and from the comfort of your own home? This episode is sponsored by Progressive Pelvic Education, your source for online courses to expand your pelvic health knowledge and promote optimal wellness. Pelvic health is wealth, and there is a lot of essential information about our pelvic floor that isn't taught in school. Learn what to do and not to do to avoid the inconvenience and pain of pelvic floor issues in a self-paced course you can take anywhere. Visit courses.progressivepelviceducation.com to get access today. This content is for educational purposes only and is not intended to be medical advice. Please discuss any questions you may have regarding your health or medical condition with your physician or a qualified healthcare professional. Opinions of guests are their own, and this podcast does not endorse or accept responsibility for statements made by guests.